Welcome to the first season of Arise Esther, a podcast for today's Esthers, women who are ready to rise up in bold, courageous faith, like Esther of old, who stepped up to lead when life was tough and hope was dim, but faith was fierce. Hi, I'm Dawn Scott Damon, your podcast host. As an author, speaker, pastor, and freedom coach, I get to talk to some of the most resilient women on the planet, all who've tackled difficult life crises head-on and triumphed. Now we're here to help you do the very same. So turn it up, Esther. This is your moment. Well, it's that time again, Esther. It's time to arise and shine and be the best version of you that God created you to be. Amen? Hey, on today's podcast, I had the privilege of interviewing a remarkable woman. I mean, truly remarkable. And by spoiler alert, some of the best stuff is at the very end. So make sure you listen to it all the way through. But when I got done with this interview, I was incredibly inspired. I was inspired to pray. I was inspired to know God more. I was inspired to take steps of faith and action and and just be bold, just like, yeah, Esther of old. So be prepared. This podcast may be dangerous to any apathy in your life. My guest today is an award-winning author, a columnist, a talk show host, motivational and inspirational speaker. She's a certified health coach, a jewelry store owner, dog rescuer, wife, mom, and a grandmom. And you might think, wow, she has an amazing life. But listen to this, gang raped and left for dead, loss of a child, husband falsely imprisoned, and a cancer diagnosis that could have driven her into victim mode. But instead, my guest became a victor, and she became so determined to succeed, she would not quit. You're going to identify with many of the emotions and the story. Welcome to the podcast today, my guest, author of Battered Hope and soon-to-be-released new book on miracles, Carol Graham. Hey, Carol. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. That makes me feel wonderful. I want to get to meet that person. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? You've lived it and um, you are her. And it's funny that you say that because isn't it amazing what we can do through the strength of the Lord that we could never do on our own otherwise? We're so glad you're with us. Tell us a little bit about your story. My story. (laughs) That's a big old question, isn't it? My story is a story of miracles, and that is the bottom line. I was born as a miracle to a mother who was very ill. She almost died in childbirth. I was sick my entire life. I was, I was born to a minister's home, and one, my father and mother both believed in healing. They believed in all Uh, the aspects of the Bible, and that's what I grew up in. And it was very difficult because my father's ministry was faith-based, and then to have so many things go wrong in my life, it was difficult for them. But what it did was it created that foundation in me that I saw that my parents never gave up. They never, they were relentless. They never gave up holding on to that faith. 
So even as a young child, that's what I grew up with. And my mom died when I was a teenager. It was difficult, but it also showed me that faith is still the answer and I would not let go. And I got married and some of the things that you listed there initially into my first marriage was I was gang raped by um, my husband's friends and I don't need to go into any more there. You can imagine, you know, what happened as a result to ending that marriage, et cetera. But it, that was just one thing. I was diagnosed with cancer when I was in my 20s. Um, the doctor told me, you have two choices. Choices are always good. My choice was hysterectomy or death. And I said, I don't like those choices. So I refused them. And I told him that I would walk in there pregnant. And if I had a hysterectomy, I was not going to be able to give birth. And if I was dead, I certainly wouldn't give birth. But even as a young girl, I knew God had called me to be a mom. And consequently, I'm here all those years later. That was in my early 20s. And I refused to take that doctor's diagnosis. When I left his office, I said, I will walk in here pregnant. And 14 years later, I did. That's amazing, Carol. I, I know that you've actually written a book on miracles, and I want to hear about that in a moment. But this is an incredible testimony that you have. I thank God for your godly parents who instilled in you a living faith. You have a podcast that's on hope. You learned that from a young age. Is that what carried you through? That's right. Pardon me? You saw that in your mom and dad. So you saw that hope being lived out in your mother and your father, and they modeled for you what it meant to believe in God, to have that hope. You just felt like you never gave up. You had that revelation when you were in that doctor's office, or were you just clinging on to something you had hoped would come to pass? Growing up in a home where faith was of the utmost importance, I knew that no matter what diagnosis I would ever get, because I was also very sick my whole childhood, I knew that that didn't matter because the only thing that mattered was my faith in God and what I knew he had for me. And if he makes a promise, he doesn't take that promise back. As a young girl, I knew I would be a mom. How could I be a mom if I didn't have the parts? So that's what would rise up within me, that knowing that God's word is true, it is yea and amen, and hanging on to that no matter what the circumstances were, bottom line. And so I did. And so it, what, what welled up inside of me was that, that faith, I will walk in here pregnant. It was prophetic and it was a proclamation. This is what is going to happen. And I did. And going back there 14 years later... <laughs> He was surprised. <laughs> I wasn't dead. <laughs> and you were pregnant. I, I love what you're saying because I so believe that's the big difference between religion and a true relationship with God. Religion will let us down. Right. We think we have to do something. But you had a relationship and you had a word, the word of God inside of you so strong that you knew in the day of trial how to stand. Do you think you could have right. stood 
without the foundation of the word? I know that there are personalities that are stronger, and I thank God that I am a strong personality, and I think a lot of people depend on that, on their own strength. And in my podcast, which is Never Ever Give Up Hope, I do, it's a secular podcast, and I do interview a lot of people who have hung on to hope just for what it is. Yes. But when you have God and faith attached to that, it's a no-brainer. You are going to succeed at whatever you set your heart to do, which is what I did in every aspect, not just uh, the cancer. That was only one small thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love what that means because I, too, love hope. And, and we could really get into a whole discussion about the neuroscience and the way the brain is created and how That's what right. we, we focus on is what we become. And you could see how God was setting you up That's as right. a young girl all the way, getting you prepared for your future. Talk to me more about that hope. After you conquered cancer, then what happened in your life? There was a series of about 40 years, we call it our wilderness years, where anything and everything that basically we touched, especially in business, was attacked and destroyed. It was over and over and over again. Uh, We were left penniless two times over the course of those years. I mean, everything but the clothes on our back robbed from us. And we had partners who ended up trying to destroy us. Understand now with uh, hindsight, a lot of it was jealousy or they wanted what we had or whatever, and that's what happened. But again, it was not a matter of giving up or blaming. And this, I think, is huge in understanding when someone like myself who has gone through extreme trauma and sometimes back to back one right on top of the other is to not blame. Mm -hmm. And we never did that. It's part of the personality, but it was also, it's, it's a choice. And that's why forgiveness comes easy because when you aren't casting blame around and you know, if he had done this, this wouldn't have happened and I never should have trusted him or whatever. I need to take responsibility for what happened to me and my own actions and my trusting and everything else. But that doesn't change the facts. This happened. Consequently, I refused to. When my husband went to jail, it was it was um, a false accusation. Not, nothing. The only person that had privy to the business deal, which uh, um, caused him to go to jail, was a man who committed suicide during the trial. So we didn't even have a witness. And I mean, talk about things just piling up and one on top of the other and trying to destroy. But even in prison, God spoke to my husband and said, you are going to benefit from this. And we chose to look at it that way. And he had a pardon, everything, you know, was turned around, et cetera. And what he learned there and what it made us become as a result even more tenacious even more trusting in God knowing that he no matter what happens to us he is still in control looking for the good and terrible situations we benefit we benefited yes and I think that's the promise of Romans eight twenty eight too right is what you're talking about and and that scripture says that all things work together for good 
to those who love God and are called. But before they all work together for good, there's a messy reality that says, wow, God, I could quit right now. I could give up. But you had endurance and tenacity and some grit and a personality that lends toward it. But what would you say to the person who gets stuck in trauma? Maybe their personality isn't as gritty and, and, and maybe they're given to that victim. You know, we, we want to live in that. Uh, what would you say to the person that's just stuck in trauma? One of the chapters in my book, my new book, that is, I refer to the trial of faith. And it is during that, you know, the Bible says that the trial of faith is more precious to God than gold. And because we're in the jewelry business, we totally understand the value of gold. And I often think about how the streets are paved with gold. God refers to gold, you know, and then he refers to our trial of faith faith being more precious than gold, it really, really resonated with me and continues to resonate with me. So that trial of faith is from the time, if you look at Hebrews 11 and what the men of faith and women of faith had to go through and the stupid mistakes many of them made and the lies they told and everything else that happened and they are still looked at and regarded as pillars of faith. So it's not what we're going through, it's how we handle it, how we deal with it, how we will not let go of what God has promised us. And it is the promise that keeps us going. And so that trial of faith is so precious to the Father that when we won't give up, 14 years, those 14 years of trying to get pregnant weren't easy. I almost died a few times during those years. Wow. The tri- and many other the, of the trials in my own life happened during this interim period and yet every day i (laughs) god gave me a scripture verse at the beginning of those 14 years and i plastered that verse all over the house so that no matter what day i was having a low day i could look at that i pasted one of them on my husband's forehead during (laughs) dinner so every time i looked at him when we were eating i could read that i mean (laughs) he's a very conservative man (laughs) (laughs) not like me but he's okay whatever you know (laughs) and so that that word was constantly in front of me and I didn't let go and because I didn't let go and that is the purpose of my whole book on miracles because of that tenacity which you choose to have as a result of your faith and not letting go no matter what happens can't take that from you and as long as you hold on to that you can call it hope or whatever I prefer to call it the trial of my faith that I will not let go and I will seize this, this through because God is the God of his word. And if he promised it, you can take it to the bank. It is going to happen. Bottom line. Amen, sister. And I just have to believe that the people who are listening right now to this podcast have to be energized in their spirit because that makes my spirit leap what you just said. We don't hear enough about proving God and standing on his word. Uh, I'm post-traumatic too. I understand what it is to be a victim but there are some things that you had to do. You had to choose it. You had to partner with God 
And when you took that step to partner with God, he infused you with the power of the Holy Spirit to walk it out. And so if someone's stuck, please listen to these words today that says, get in the word of God, post the word of God, meditate on the word of God, and decide that it's real, decide that it's true, let everything be a lie, but let God be true, right? Don't trust your feelings in that, in that season. But you had to have emotions. You had to have felt discouraged at times. How did you get yourself? I think you just answered it, but how did you get yourself out of the pit? Singing, reading the word? Did you get comfortable? Whatever word the Lord gave me for whatever particular situation, and we'll talk a little bit more about that when I share some of the stories in my new book. Yeah. But the verse that he gave me for that particular healing, which I held on to for 14 years, I never said, oh, well, that one didn't work. I need another one. You know, I hung on to the one and only verse that God gave me for that, which was, and blessed is she who believed there shall be a fulfillment of that, which was promised her of the Lord. Yes. I was blessed. God was calling me blessed for hanging on. Yes. Like that, the God of the universe called me blessed. Blessed is she who believes. That was my choice. It was my choice to believe. I was enforced. I didn't, I didn't waver in that, which is essentially answering your question there. And, and the wavering, there's nothing wrong with it. Wavering is what we do. We get discouraged because, um, I lost my train of thought there. I'm so sorry, but we, we she. can lose that for a moment. But the, sorry, the bottom line is we hang on to what God has given us because as long as we do that, He will fulfill His word. So I was blessed. Blessed is she who believed that there shall be. And the word shall from the original means if I don't have it for you, I will create it. Mm-hmm. That's how strong that word from the original is. Shell means he actually will create that. So blessed is she who believed that there shall be a fulfillment of that promise to her by the Lord. You can't give up. That trial of your faith, that's what I started to say. That time of discouragement, that's the trial. Mm-hmm. And, when, and God sees that, and he knows exactly what's happening. And because you choose to hang on to that, and you will not deviate from that choice, no matter what happens, yes, I'm discouraged. Yes, I got a bad report from the doctor today. But I will still look back to that verse which said, and hang on to that. And I tell you, my, my new book is all on miracles. And it's one after the other. And it relates to no matter who you are, where you are in your walk and in your life, it will happen as long as you hang on to that. It's not hope, it's reality. Praise God. That's right. It's reality. It's a certainty. We have it right now. Tell us about your book. I already hear the inspiration for it, but share more about it and tell us too where we can find it. Well, the interesting thing is, is I had some beta readers and also two editors that while I was writing this book, they said, if you don't hurry up, we're going to have to publish it now. Like they were getting so excited, which... I thought, well, this is just my life, my stories. Like, what's exciting about that, you know? But they were getting so excited. And during the course of writing that, literally their lives were starting to change. Mm-hmm. And one gal took it upon herself to take the, I have 13 chapters now, to take those 13 chapters, put it in course format, put it on her um, 
uh, website and start to sell it before it's even. <laughs> and it's because, like she said, it's life changing. And, you know, I, um, when you go through so much in life too, and you look back and you think, you know, you're, you can have those negative feelings. Oh, I was just a loser and blah, 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 and all this. And, but I made it through. No, I went through each and every one of those situations so that I could help somebody else, which happened in my first book, which was my memoir, Battered Hope. And just showing that no matter how often you are bruised, battered, broken, you can be not only a survivor, but a victor yes. and not a victim. So exactly what you said. So yes, so the new book, each chapter deals with, it's called How to Pray the Answer. Now that um, that title may change because I haven't uh, we haven't finalized much yet. But how to pray the answer? The answer is there. We don't have to beg God for and plead and worry about the answer. The answers are there for us. It's a matter of learning how to pray them. And so each chapter deals with a particular type of prayer, whether it's the prayer of agreement or the prayer of intercession or prayer of salvation or the prayer for healing or whatever it is, and then a story. And these aren't just stories. These are stories, like raising people from the dead, that kind of story where there is no hope. There is less than hope. And learning how to apply the answer to those situations and reaping the fulfillment of that promise. It's so basic. It's so simple. I have probably read, I can't tell you how many hundreds of books on prayer. And I've never seen a book so um, simple and basic and, and just, this is what you do. This is what God, you know, Jesus spoke in parables. Mm -hmm. And this is what this is kind of like. It's stories, true stories, true stories. that show how to pray the answer in that particular situation apply the scriptures, apply the word, hang on, no matter what happens, and it will be fulfilled. And it has over and over and over. And that's not going to change. I know that this is going to make an impact in Christendom. Um, I know it. There is no doubt. We are eager to see that book and get that book in our hands. And I like how you're referring to it because I can tell by the way you're talking that you're already acknowledging God wrote this book through you. You did it, but you, you read it and you read it and feel inspired. Like, wow, that's good stuff. I know. I, I, do. Do. <laughs> I do. I mean, I, wow. I mean, I read it and I still weep because the anointing is on it. Yes. And I you love know how the anointing touches and the anointing is what breaks the yoke of bondage. Words don't do it. Our actions don't do it. It is the anointing applied that does it. And the anointing is there. And you can feel it. You can taste it. And you can want it. And miracles happen. There is nothing like it. There's nothing like the anointing of God. I want to ask you this also. You said pray the answer. Now, I think a lot of people pray the problem. Like we tell God what it is. Right. And there's probably something therapeutic in our lament. But what do you mean, say more about that, praying the answer. What does that look like? 
essentially I answer that in the first chapter of the book to kind of lay the foundation, which I use in the first chapter, the illustration of me at the, at the doctor's office getting that original diagnosis. You know, you'll, I said, I'll walk in here pregnant one day. He says, well, lady, then go home. These are his words. Go home, suffer, and die. Wow. I took that as energy. Like, it just energized me. I am going to prove this guy wrong. There is, you know, <laughs> that's the personality that comes through. But, you know, there is no way I'm dying. Not on my own. I am definitely walking in here pregnant. So, yes, there's that part of the personality. But um, essentially praying the answer, when I ask God, I need a verse. I need your answer for me in this situation. And when he gave me that verse, again, during that entire 14 years, I never let go of that verse, no matter what happened. That's the trial of our faith, as I spoke of earlier. That's the not letting go. That's taking that and sticking with it. That's praying the answer. So every time that I would feel like I cannot literally make it another day, I would say, Lord, your word says, blessed is she who believe there shall be a fulfillment of that promised her by the Lord. And I would say it over and over. If we have time, I'm going to share another story with you. But Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. In the early years, I was only about 10 years old when God called me into ministry. And there was a question that he asked me at that time that at, when you're 10 years old, it feels odd. And he said, are you willing to do whatever I ask you to do? And do you know when, when we as young Christians and, and kids and we go to camp and God says, you know, and you raise your hand, oh, absolutely. And by Wednesday, we forget, you know, but absolutely. Well, I never forgot that. God said, are you willing to do what I ask you to do? Oh, sure, God. Yeah, all right. Not having a clue what that meant. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until maybe I was in my 20s, 30s, whatever, when um, he said to me, so remember that promise you made me when you were 10 years old? Are you willing to go do this today? And as a, and I'll tell you about that in a second. And as a result, this happened constantly. And you know what? It doesn't get any easier. When God asks you to do something and you need to step out in faith and do that, every obstacle that you can imagine will come and try to hinder you. Right. Every reason that you think you shouldn't do that will, you know, you will get in our heads. I mean, anything and everything will, will work as an opposition to, to taking that step. And that's where the trial of faith, again, comes into. I'm going to do what God has asked me to do, I promise. So I'm sitting and getting ready for church one Sunday morning. My kids were quite young. And as we were getting ready to go to church, um, God spoke to my heart and he said, I want you to go to thus and thus church today. And I thought, what? I've never been to that church. But that's where I knew when I hear God's voice and he's about to tell me to do something that maybe is out of my comfort zone, I better do it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the or else would be, but <laughs> I knew that I should. I wanted the blessing of that, right? Yes. So we went to the other church, and as we were sitting there, the pastor said that there was a special prayer request because the youth pastor just three weeks prior had had a terrible stomach pain. 
And when he um, went to the doctor, they, they rushed into emergency. He had emergency surgery. They opened up. He was completely full of cancer from neck to sternum, just full of cancer. There was no hope. They zipped him up and basically said, call the relatives. He's lucky to make it for another month. So the, that particular Sunday, the pastor said that the man was dying. He was probably going to be gone before the end of um, uh, the week. And his wife was pregnant. They had a little baby as well. And God, my son, who was 10 years old at the time, pokes me in church. And he says, Mom, you going to go pray for that man? And I said, absolutely, honey. As soon as I drop you guys off at home, I'm headed there. And you say the words, but the fear that comes, I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody in that church. I'm not a person with a big name of some kind of special evangelist or, or whatever. And I'm going to go and pray for this man who's, who said, you know, he's going to die before the week is out. So I found out where he was in the hospital. I went into the hospital. I remember getting to that elevator and the door is closed. And that little voice says, you know, you can run out. Nobody would know the difference. Right. I'm getting goosebumps just as I'm sharing this. As long ago as this was and still because of the anointing, it's just as real as it was then. Amen. And so the doors opened and on the um, ICU floor, and I saw that there was a whole group of people dressed in black in their Sunday best. And I knew this had to be the family. There must have been 25 of them. And I, I noticed a young woman, with a pregnant, she was pregnant, and I walked up to her. I took her hands in mine and I said, God sent me here to pray for your husband. And I thought that would be a good time to get slapped. Right. Who are you? Who do you think you are? I've never seen you before in my life. You're some kind of coop, right? And I said, would you be willing to do that? And her first response was yes. And I thought, oh, that's great. And then I thought, no, I'm going to ask her further. I said, you know what? I think you should ask your family. I wanted their blessing too. Mm. And so she went over to the side of the room and they were talking and I could hear them. Who does she think she is? You know, and stuff like that. Yeah. And of course, fear and doubt tries to grab you. Mm -hmm. But I knew what I was there to do. And, it, and I knew God, I didn't know what to pray, how to pray. That didn't matter. What mattered is I was being obedient to that moment for what he had asked me to do. And that was go pray for the man in the hospital. So I, um, I waited and like an eternity and they came back and she said, they said you could pray for my husband, but we're coming with you. <laughs> okay. So like 12 of us marched down the hall, you know, to this room. I walk in the room. There's a woman, obviously his mother sitting there. She looked very upset that this stranger was walking in the room. And there was a, literally a shell of a young man on that bed. Mm. You could smell death. Yeah. And so I walked up to him, and as often when this happens when I pray for people, I don't know until I literally am right there and open my mouth what I'm going to say. I took his hands in mine, one hand, and I said, I am here to pray for you today. And then God gave me a verse in Romans 8, which says, This same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and i continued with the rest of the verse 
I spoke it. Of course, nothing happened. I didn't pray. I didn't ask for healing. I just said that verse. I waited about 15, 20 seconds, and I said it again. Another 15, 20 seconds, and I said it again. And I saw his eyes flutter. And the next time I said it, I said it stronger and louder. And again, I saw he's starting to open his eyes. And I said, if you want me to pray for you, close your eyes and open them again. And he did. He closed his eyes, he opened them again. And once again, all I did was thank God for his healing and to repeat that verse. It was like seven or eight times that I repeated that verse. He opened his eyes, he gave me a great big smile, and he said, thank you. And I said, I will see you in church Sunday. Mm. And I walked out of that room, and I knew that God had performed the miracle. Yeah. Two of the brothers came running after me, and they said, who are you? And I said, what's your name? And I said, that doesn't matter. God was here. God performed the miracle. Thank and praise him. And... Um, there's a, do we have time for the rest of the story? Or? Yeah, Carol, we have to hear the rest of the story. <laughs> okay. The next, the next uh, part of the story is actually the next, chap the next chapter in the book, which was funny because it was too long to put all in one. But um, so that week, now th this was during a time when we didn't have cell phones, right? Right. And uh, there... I was alone. My husband was looking for work. He hadn't had any, we hadn't had any income for some time. He was out of a job. He was literally going across country trying to find work. No way for me to get a hold of him. And uh, I was so excited because I knew that this man was healed and blah, blah, blah. And you can't even tell, tell that, right? And so I went home and then the discouragement comes in. Oh, I must have made myself look like a complete fool. You know, all those thoughts that come and try to, try to, try to rob you of what you had just experienced. And that particular week, everything that could go wrong did. You know, there were, the bills were coming due. I, had, I hadn't really heard much from my husband. He wasn't able to find a job. And what in the world are we going to do? And all the questions and how are we going to make it through? And how am I going to put food on the table and whatever? And one of those days I had to, we live in a place where you have to take a ferry to get to the mainland. And I had to take the ferry. It was a Friday night and I had to take a ferry. And on my way home, my car stopped dead on the highway. It was in November, it was pouring rain, it was dark. And I sat in the car and I wept. Mm -hmm. And the Lord spoke clear and he said, what is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> like a slap in the face. God can heal Peter, that was the man's name. Why can't he help you with your situation? And mm -hmm. so I walked up the ramp and got to the gas station and long story short, they said they, they had my car towed and uh, there was nothing they could do that night. I had to get home and I still didn't know what was wrong with it or what to do. It was an old car. The timing chain had gone. The next morning I wake up and I call them and they tell me that. And I'm thinking, now what? How many hundreds of dollars is this going to cost? And the doorbell rang. And when the doorbell rang, my very first thought, and I, I'm saying these negative things because I want your audience and I, I know you do too to understand that when we have these negative thoughts, we don't have to beat ourselves up for them. Right. That's, that's, that's human nature. And sure. I'm thinking, oh no, they're, they're coming to collect the rent or, oh, you know, what do they want? You know, I, I was terrified to even answer the door. I answered the door, but before, oh, I'm sorry. One aspect that you must hear first. I'm so sorry. I had the story. 
When I got home that night, the night previous night, there was a message on the answering machine. It was from the wife of that young man, Peter. And she said, I just want you to know that Peter is home. He is doing well. God has totally healed him. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for being obedient that day to wow. come and pray for him. It was just, I literally fell onto the floor in a sitting position, knowing that my obedience, that doesn't mean that God couldn't have used somebody else. Don't, you know, don't, don't kid myself. But because of my obedience, God honored that word. Yeah. And so when I answered the door, it was a man delivering a registered letter. And again, the first thought is negative, registered letter. Right. I opened the letter. It was from um, a couple. And they said, you don't know us. But a few years ago, you prayed on the telephone for our baby grandson who was six months old and had just died. And my, my daughter-in-law called you and told, her, told you what happened and asked, please pray. And within 20 minutes, God literally raised that baby from the dead. And he is, was still alive. And, and she said, we re always remembered you and wanted to, to thank you. And the other day, my husband and I were praying. And God spoke to our hearts. And he said, do you remember that young woman who prayed for your grandbaby? And God restored his life. You need to bless them. And so... Wow. I'm reading this and she said, I hope you accept this gift. It was a check for $5,000. Oh, praise God. Wow. I didn't ask for it. You know, that's how God works. He orchestrates every aspect of our life. And when we are obedient to what he has called us to do, mm. he always fulfills. Pray the answer not the problem. When I went into prayer for that young man that day in the hospital, I thanked God for healing him. Mm -hmm. I didn't beg God to heal him. Mm -hmm. And I said, this same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. The matter of fact. Well, I, my faith is so encouraged just listening to you. And I will just say, if this tragedy and trauma that you experienced in your childhood worked in you to produce this result. I would say thank you for enduring that, but God, thank you for trusting you with those trials because you passed the test and he could flow through you in such a powerful way. Um, these they are, they are miracles that you're sharing with us. And you know when it's God because you can't hear stories of miracles like this without thirsting and hungering, right. not for the power, but for the person, the That's person right. of those miracles, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And uh, what an incredible story. I can't wait for your book to get out. I like the, I like the title, Pray the Answer. That's what we have to do. You can get it right now. You can. You can get now on the, it's the biblicalnutritionacademy.com. And she is, there's 13 chapters there as they, um, as I add to them. And before it's even published, you can buy it because each chapter is a story like this, these kind of miracles. That's why you can give it to anybody you want and they can, they can hold on because it's truth. You can't deny it. It's truth.
and God honors that truth. The Biblical Nutrition Academy.com. Beautiful. Perfect. Well, thank you so very much. Thank you for sharing your heart with us. And um, tell us where we can find more about you, your website. Basically, Carol Graham or Never Ever Give Up Hope or BatteredHope.com. Any of those. Okay. So Battered Hope or Never Ever Give Up Hope. Never Ever Give Up Hope. The name of the podcast and the name of your life story because you've never given up hope. We're so thankful that you are one of our modern day Esthers, that you stood up for such a time as this. In parting, Carol, what would you say, what's the impact that you want to have? What do you, how do you want to change the world? My first thought was I already have. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's one step at a time. It's being obedient to that one thing that God has asked you to do. Maybe he'll only ask you to do one. But I find that I never prepared for it. I never know when it's coming. And when it does, and you step out of your comfort zone to do what God has asked you to do, he will bless the situation. He will perform it. And I know, as I said at the top of the show, that this book is going to um, have an impact for that very reason. People need miracles. We don't hear about them. We, we're not that we're putting our trust in a book or our trust in somebody who's talking about a miracle, but realizing that God hasn't changed. He has not changed. Mm -hmm. And when we understand that and know that the simplicity of the gospel, we don't have to get all um, wordy about it, it's the simplicity of how Christ taught when he was here on this earth. Go do. Mm -hmm. That's it. Beautifully said, and I can't top that. Um, for those of you today who have joined us on Esther Arise, I want to encourage you. You've heard it. Get the book. Buy two. Share it with someone else. But not just to have another thing to read, but I believe there's an impartation that's going to happen. We do need miracles. Today we're sitting here on day 60 of a lockdown in COVID-19. People all around us in despair, have no hope, feeling afraid, feeling overwhelmed, not knowing where to turn. The Lord Jesus Christ, he is alive. He's still on the throne and he's got the answers yeah. for you. And unless you get into this word, unless you get the promise, get the answer, you don't know how to stand in the day of trial. So we encourage right. you in Jesus name. And then you'll have the faith and the fortitude to go on. Amen. 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 All right. We had church today, girl. <laughs> Thank you so very much. Thank you so very much for being on the show today. We appreciate it. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. So good. I hope you enjoyed the show today. If you found value, make sure that you visit ariseester.captivate. FM. Like us, love us, and review us. And hey, want to join the movement? Visit us on thearisemovement.com to get connected. And for more information about me, your freedom coach and host, visit freedomgirlsisterhood.com.
www.thepowerofpositivityradio.com. And while you're there, take the 60-Day Freedom Challenge. You'll be so glad you did. Until we meet again, keep rising. This is your moment.